he took his hand and smacked me across my face, hard, across my face. And I looked at him and I said, no Mickey Mouse on the way home. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Yo, 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 what's up, what up? Ooh, too much for me. Back it down. Back it down. I had a nap today. <laughs> I did not. Back it down. <laughs> Calm down, Cletus. It's okay. Lying. Ooh, Lord have mercy. I'm ready to go paint. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Let's talk about our paint thing. Did we ever talk about our paint- painting experience on here? Which one? The one where the guy kept telling you that your art was sellable. Oh, no, we have not talked about that. All right. We're going to make this short, as short as we can. Y'all know we're kind of long-winded. David's mama has been going to this man down the road to paint, okay? To do canvas painting. Canvas painting. Yeah. So she decided she wanted us to go. Well, me. So I made David go, too. (laughs) And on the way there, he's like, I didn't really want to come because y'all know that I I always so much better at this stuff than y'all, and y'all get upset. Which and, I was really just picking because I've never painted on a canvas before. <laughs> yeah. So we get there and we all three pick out something different, which the guy was like, oh, you know, because it's easier if you pick out one and he's trying to show everybody the same thing. So anyway, we're painting and David picked out a abstract painting, mm-hmm. right? Your mama did a boat and a lighthouse and I did a path like, with trees and a woman walking a down the road. walking down the road. Yeah. <laughs> A what? A hooker walking there. She was not a hooker. <laughs> I was trying to, I was going to do all three of my, me, my sister, and my other sister. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> well, there's only one person in the painting. There's a reason for that. <laughs> there was no people in the painting for a while. I know. So anyway, we're painting, and I just start laughing hysterically because mine looks like, I'm trying to think of a word. I think it looks fine. It looked horrendous, y'all. I'm not I'm not kidding. It just it was horrible and I couldn't quit laughing. And the guy was like, just wait, just wait. You know, you're not through yet. It'll evolve. And I'm like, dude, I don't really care. Because I was laughing so hard, I didn't care. I mean, at this point, I just wanted to stop and watch David because mine just looked pathetic. Pathetic. I didn't like the colors I'd picked really, and it didn't look anything like this man's, of course. He's been painting a hundred years. So anyway, long story short. Y'all know how we always talk about don't tell David he's right and all this crap. We're sitting there and the man just goes over to David and he's like, oh my gosh, that is sellable or something like that. (laughs) And I just about dropped my head in my paint plate because he didn't know what he had just done. He he had no idea. (laughs) So he just keeps telling David how great his is and whatever. And, you know, it's not that it bothers me that David's good at that stuff. I find it funny, actually, because we always know this is going to happen, whether he jokes about it or not. But that guy was like, oh, I made it sound like he's, you know, whatever. Picasso. Yeah. No. <laughs> Michelangelo. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> and so it was It was just interesting. But now, David, I went and bought him some canvases so he can practice. Well, I enjoyed it. Yeah. And, and, of course, I've always liked painting the ceramics like you, like you do. Mm-hmm. But I've never painted something where... It's more free form. Like painting ceramics, you just basically just pick colors, right? Mm-hmm. You're not creating um, the actual artwork and you're just choosing how you want to paint it, which is still a lot of creativity involved in that. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was interesting. I haven't had that. It reminded me of when I was 
more into music where I didn't read the music. I just kind of free form played the music, you know, that people call it playing my ear, whatever. Okay. And so it's kind of that type of freedom where you kind of can create anything you want as long as you understand the boundaries that you have to work in. Like within the frame of your canvas. Well, yeah. And, and what you have in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> so to tell you, the reason we tell you that boring story <laughs> is because a lot of stepmoms don't have um, things to distract them from the issues of the blend. So their focus is 100% on what's going wrong in the blend. And one thing that helped me, besides watching House Hunters International when I was disengaging, was to paint ceramics. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, the kids could run around the kitchen and it wouldn't phase me unless I was trying to paint something minute, you know, yeah. really detailed. And I could just zone out and paint. Um, I like reading, but that's kind of impossible to read when you've got all the noise going on, or it is for me anyway. And I think you just kind of stumbled into the ceramic thing when we went that one time. And took the kids. Years ago, we decided to take uh, the kids. We were going to paint like um, ornaments or something like that for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so we went. And everybody picked out some little something to paint. And then you were like, you know what? I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it kind of blossomed. And now you're like a painting fool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, I can always tell anytime you're, even nowadays, when there's something, you just kind of want to lose yourself in something. And just, you know, I need to wash out everything that's happened today. It's been stressful. I'll Mm -hmm. see you pull out these ceramics and the paints and all that. I know that I just need to leave you alone because you just want to kind of go to your happy place. That's my escape. (laughs) And so I'll just leave you alone and let you do your painting and I can tell you enjoy it and and it makes you feel good. Mm -hmm, I do. So it's very important as a stepmom, as a person in general, to find something that helps you escape. For some people, it may be hiking. For some people, it might be painting ceramics or painting abstract (laughs) sellable arts like David. It may be doing yard work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Working in the yard, planting flowers. Pulling up weeds. <laughs> yeah. Or weed eating. Man, I tell you something. There's some therapy in weed eating. <laughs> well, that's I, exactly I'm a weed eating fool. Actually, that's exactly what all this is. It's it's therapeutic. Mm-hmm. So what what's something that can be therapeutic? Because I don't want people picking up the wrong thing. Like We don't want you to go turn into alcohol and drugs and crazy stuff like that. How did we go from painting granny ceramics to... Because you're talking about something that... Um, you can lose yourself in when, oh, you pro- yeah. when, when you have problems. Well, you don't want to do that in a bottle. Yeah, yeah, don't go to the drugs. Don't go to the bottle. Right. So, yeah, what's what can be therapeutic? Kayaking, hiking, like I said. I think anything that... Reading. Yeah, yeah. All taking a course online, like, a, um, you know, something that interests you. Like, I like doing the mind stuff, learning about the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Building a race car. I think for me, anything that uh, it requires creativity is good because it, when it requires creativity, it requires your mind to work in a different way. Mm-hmm. And you have to be focused on the creativity, not what's what else is going on in your head or even externally. Mm-hmm. So finding things that, that require creativity to me is, is what really makes a big difference. Yeah, because it makes you shift your mind. Mm-hmm. You can't sit there and hike through nature and paint little granny ceramics and all this stuff when you're aggravated. It's it, it's like smelling a rose. You ever seen somebody smell a rose and they're still mad while they smell a rose? It don't happen. 
Because the rose is a pleasant smell. It's a calming smell. It has a very high frequency and all this stuff if you want to get into that. But you don't smell a rose and still be mad. Mm-hmm. And you might choose not to smell a rose and still be mad, but you can't do both at the same time. You know, when I think back, I believe my parents did this. Smelled roses? No, I think they had different ways that they escaped, escaped things. So like... Oh, Lord. <laughs> like my mom, when I think back on it, my mom did ceramics which is kind of how i got introduced to it and stuff like that but she also did other things um which is funny because when i was kid whatever she had going on is kind of what we did me and my sister because you know we didn't have video games and all this stuff growing up so mm-hmm. whatever she was into we did the same thing because she had to take us mm-hmm. so you know when she was into ceramics we went and learned how to paint ceramics well there was also a time when she got into cross stitching oh my mom and daddy did cross stitching yeah. i think we talked about this but anyway. and so guess what because she was doing that, I learned how to cross stitch. Mm-hmm. And so I would cross stitch stuff. There again, it's creativity. Mm-hmm. But she would do things like that. Now, my dad, on the other hand, he liked doing wood- woodworking stuff. And so he would go and build a birdhouse or a box to carry stuff, whatever it was. But he never did that with you. He did it with me a little bit, but no, not, not a lot. Because it was his thing, right? Mm-hmm. So He didn't want to deal with kids and knives and... Yeah, so you're thinking, okay, I, I need some something to do to kind of get away from the stresses of the day. Well, in, including your kid in that is probably not. Yeah, but your poor mama. <laughs> see, see what the mamas go through. Yeah, oh, maybe I don't know, but anyway, I, I think that parents do that a lot, and I think somehow we've lost that because when I look at today's couples and parents and step parents, I don't see. Maybe it's just me, but I just don't see where people are finding those creativity outlets to engage in. And the and the people I do that I do see that do that tend to have a, a really good mechanism for uh, coping and escaping the stressors. My mama liked bowling. That was her thing for a while. And then her and my dad both started doing cross stitching. And so of course, like you said, I learned how to do cross stitching. Mm-hmm. And then I remember one time, um, we actually painted ceramics when I was little, but we never went somewhere to paint them. It was mama found these at the, you know, Sky City with the little paints <laughs> and we painted them. And then one time we got into painting, not painting, but um, making stained glass. That was pretty cool. Where you put the little beads in there and heat them up. Yeah. And, um, but like you said, whatever kind of my mama's thing was is what we kind of got drug into because she couldn't just go dump us off. Right. And my dad's was more um, outside stuff. Like he mm-hmm. liked doing stuff outside, but I was able to go outside with him and plant flowers. And well, I mean, I know you you still do stuff with plants and flowers and things where mm-hmm. you'll take them and I don't even know what it's called, but you take a, a part of the flower and you put it in this little thing and it grows its own roots. And next thing you know, you got a whole other flower there. African violets. So uh, you know, and that's kind of that's kind of your thing. And I can you know you did that for a while, uh, pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Where you kind of did that, and, and that's kind of your thing is growing African violets. I've done that ever since I moved out from my mom and dad's. Yeah, my granny had African violets. My daddy did, planted African violets and grew them and rooted them and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I got that from. Cool. Yeah, but that's something else. Yeah. All right. So who are we talking to today? Um, I can't tell you. Oh, I'm kidding. It's a secret. Yeah, it's a secret. Her name's. Heather. <laughs> Is that a real name? I can't tell you that either. 
She is a childless stepmom. She discusses her thoughts on having an hours child. Okay. So it's interesting. You weren't involved in this one, I don't think. Okay. I can't remember, honestly, if you were or not. So might be new to you. <laughs> she was a stepchild herself, too. All right. That's always interesting. Yeah. I like the stepmoms that were stepkids. Did she have a good relationship with her stepmom? You have to listen, David. Okay. Fine. I won't ask any more questions. That's right. <laughs> learn, boy, learn. All right. Well, let's hear what Heather, quote unquote, <laughs> <laughs> Heather has to say about her journey into step familyhood. Yep. Let's do it. All right. So before we get into it, here's a word from our sponsor. There you go. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle step family challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Today, we want to welcome Heather to the Nacho Kids podcast. Hi, Heather. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. So tell us a little bit about your blend. You're a stepmom. I am. My stepson is seven. Um, My husband and I do not have any children, um, but I've known my stepson since he was about two and a half. (laughs) It's easier, I think, when they're younger. (laughs) Some days. (laughs) How often do you have um, visitation? With a child, or do you have primary? We are supposed to have every other weekend, but my husband actually travels for his job. So we get my stepson anywhere from six to eight weeks. Um, when we come home, we, we travel on the road six to eight weeks at a time. Um, if he's not in school, we'll get him for several days at a time. If he's in school, then we just get him Friday through Sunday. Um, and then, of course, we swap up holidays. And then we get them for two weeks in the summertime as well. How long did you say you've been blending? It'll be five years in August. What struggles have you noticed? I would say my biggest struggle is I personally, I'm not a parent. Um, I don't have any biological children of my own. So I feel like I'm always overcompensating for not having that knowledge of being a parent, I guess. Um, I feel like. Sometimes I'm a little more harsh than I need to be just because I'm not as... You're not as tied to it emotionally. Yeah, like I still love my stepson and I'd be devastated, you know, if something were to happen between my husband and I. But I would definitely say I'm a lot tougher on him than anyone else. Um, And I think it's just because I'm not as emotionally invested. And I don't mean that to say in a bad way. I just... It's reality. Yeah, he and I have a connection, but it's not like his parent. Like, he's not going to come cuddle up with me on the couch unless his dad's like, hey, go sit with Feather. And that's what he calls me. He calls me Feather. He's not the one. He doesn't come to me when, you know, just to tease me or poke at me, you know, as often as he does his dad. So I feel like I miss out on those little moments. I don't get as many of them, but I feel like when I do get them, they're this massive accomplishment. Like, I'm super excited about it. So, I mean, I guess it has pros and cons both ways. Yeah. Now, I'm not trying to get too personal when I ask you this. Do you choose not to have children or is it something that you see in your future? Um, it's it's a little bit of both. It's kind of a medical reason. 
Um, but the biggest thing is, is my husband travels. So we live 90% of our time in a 40 foot fifth wheel camper. Wow. I can't imagine bringing a child into that. And my biggest dilemma would be we have one kid over in Tennessee that we barely see. And then my husband would be very proactive here. And if we had a child, he'd be very proactive in our child's life. And I can't help but feel that my stepson would feel very left out in the situation. Um, You are so correct with that because I see that. I'm glad that David and I didn't have children together because um, Mm -hmm. it adds a whole new dimension to the term blend or whatever you want to call it. And I've seen friends of mine that, you know, they're like, it's hard because you've got that parental structure with this one child and not with this other child. And then you've got it with the other lady. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's just crazy. Yeah. And I just feel like my stepson, like his bio mom, they have, you know, together, they have five children, um, you know, including his stepbrother and sisters. And then he comes to our place and there is no other children. Um, But especially because we go such long periods and not see my stepson. I just, I... I can't imagine how that would have made him feel. So it's, I don't want to necessarily say it's a bonus that I have medical situations, but it kind of, it put things in a clarity and in a perspective for us. Um, The the one thing I was really excited about is my dad didn't have any children after me. Um, I was his only child and I have a half brother. And my dad said more on more than one occasion the one big reason why he chose to not have another child is my dad actually lived in Florida while I lived in Alabama. My dad didn't move to Alabama until I was 12. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to go on a lot of really amazing opportunities that I don't think I would have gotten had I had a sibling with my dad. Um, you know, my dad got season tickets to Disney. I went to Disney every summer for the first 10 years of my life. And they were, it's amazing. And I don't know many children that get that opportunity. So I feel like my stepson is going to have those sorts of opportunities because we're only focused on just him. You're right. I completely agree with you. The reason I asked um, about that was I know a lady um, that I spoke with the other day and she said they see a lot of stepmoms that have infertility issues or fertility issues. And it just complicates things because then they feel almost a resentment toward the stepkid because they feel like they're raising somebody else's kid and they can't even have a kid of their own. Wow. See, I, I guess I'm kind of out of the norm. Like I adore my stepson. I do. I don't like that. We don't have that like super knit, like closeness, but I'm going to be honest. My He's a, he's a boy. He's not going to come, you know, he's not a big cuddler, you know, boys are a lot different than girls, but I myself was a stepchild and I was really close with my stepmom. Um, I met my stepmom about when I was two and a half, which is about when my step, when I met my stepson. Um, but there were times where I did feel like she resented me. Um, her kids were grown and a lot older than me. My, my youngest stepbrother is 10 years older than me. My stepsister is 15 and my other brother is 18 years older than me. So by the time I'd come in the picture, my stepmom had erased her children practically. Um, and here I was, this little two and a half year old, you know, three year old. But I have a hard time. And I mean, maybe I don't understand it because I don't, I've made the decision to not have any biological children. But mm-hmm. 
I don't feel like I personally would ever be able to resent my stepson because he didn't ask for this situation. You know, every kid wants their parents to be together. And the reality is it just doesn't work that way. Right. Um, as I got older, my stepmom started to resent me and I didn't understand or know why. And it made me to a point where I didn't want to go to my dad's because she was just, it was like her children moved from Florida to Alabama and she had space in the home for them, but there was no space for me suddenly. And that really, it shed a lot of light on things for me. And I mean, my stepmom now, my, they're divorced, but I still call her my stepmom. It put a lot of resentment onto her and I's relationship because at that time she did put her children over me. Yeah. And they were adults. I wasn't. Um, her children moved in. I lost my bedroom and I got to go sleep in the guest room. And so it, I feel like because of my situation, I don't think I would ever be able to resent my stepson. Um, but it's just because I was the stepchild that was being resented. So. I guess I just have a hard time when people, and I, I'm glad that people are honest about it, but I have a hard time when people say they resent their stepchildren because, you know, at the end of the day, they're children. They they expect us to take care of them and to be there for them. And they can't help that we're having infertility issues or that we have this one child here 24-7 and they're only here, you know, three days a week, a couple times a month. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be honest with you. I resented my stepkids. Really? Yes, I did. Because their plan was to destroy my marriage and get me and my son out. See, that's, that goes into, I feel like that goes into a whole different ball game. That goes into like a, a spousal situation. Um, last summer, my stepson and I, we, we came to blows. I mean, pretty bad. And it was just more of a, my, husband, he, he loves his son unconditionally. Um, and I do feel like sometimes as a parent and even as a step parent, you know, we often overlook things with our children and even our stepchildren, you know, maybe we just don't want to deal with it or we think it's a one-time situation, but my stepson was being very disrespectful to me. I mean, just everything I said, he rolled his eyes to, he had a smart little comment to say or whatever. And I would, I just had enough. All three of us were sitting in the truck and my stepson said, and he asked some questions like, what are you guys talking about? And I was like, it's not your business. And I snapped and my husband's like, whoa, what just happened? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he kind of talked to me in the truck, but we were at my father-in-law. So it really wasn't a good time to talk. And I kind of just told him, I'm like, you know, he's being very disrespectful to me. Anything I say, he's got a smart comment to say. He doesn't think he needs to listen to me. And I said, I've just had enough. And that afternoon, my husband, we had just gotten a new truck. My husband was showing his father the truck. And I had my stepson um, there with me. And he was doing something. It started to rain. And I was like, come back on the porch. Like, it's starting to rain. I don't want you to get wet. And he goes, "Um, we don't have to listen to Feather. I blew up. I'm like, yes, you do. You need to listen to any and every adult in your life that is telling you something to do. You're not going to stay in here and be disrespectful. So when we got home, my husband pulled me aside and he's like, what is going on? And I laid it all out there, laid it all out. I was like, he talks back when I tell him to clean his room. He does this, he does that. And I mean, it was just minor kid stuff, but it was more, 
he really generally didn't think he needed to listen to me. He thought that as long as I was there, I was literally just there to feed him and make sure he had something to drink. That was it. Mm -hmm. Like to him, that was my whole role in the entire house. And I told my husband that, and he went in and he had a conversation with my stepson. And I mean, he wasn't even in there two minutes and my stepson was just crying. I mean, just bursting out in tears, came out and hugged me. And he said, I'm so sorry, Feather. He said, I'll work on my attitude. And at this time he was six. Um, and I won't say that he and I don't have our issues now, but I feel like because my husband was very proactive in that situation, granted it took me blowing up, but because he was proactive in that situation and then and he had that conversation with his son, I feel like things changed. And then afterwards, you know, we kind of had like a little family meeting and we kind of discussed it. Um, and our bio mom's great. You know, my husband actually went to his mom and told his mom the situation. And my stepson has a stepfather, but of course that his stepfather's in the picture every day. So their dynamic is completely different than mine and his, uh-huh. but his mom, you know, his mom jumped all over him too. And he, she's like, I will not hear about you being disrespectful to your stepmother ever again. So having both of his parents in my corner, when it came to that, that really, really helped the dynamics of our entire relationship. And especially his and I's, you know, we're now closer than we were. But I don't think we would have been had that blow up not happened. Yeah, we um, the resentment issue a lot of step parents have, or especially step moms have with the step kids, ends up not being the step kids at all. It is how they feel the other parent, the their significant other, should be parenting their kids, and they're not. But nobody, yeah. but nobody ever parents like you think they should. No, they don't. Um, we're very much of a traditional Southern family. You know, my husband, I don't work. So my husband works, you know, he provides for us, so on and so forth. Um, when it comes to the disciplining of my stepson, now granted, kids are going to act different between when you have them three days versus, you know, the longer spans you have them, the more comfortable they are, the more you can see their personalities and their their temper tantrums, basically. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're a little more invasive the longer you have them. But when it comes to our house, you know, we have just him. Um, And I would honestly say we don't really have to discipline my stepson, but I do give him very stern warnings, very stern talking tos. And if things get a little crazy and I'm having to repeat myself over and over again, that's kind of when my husband intervenes and he's like, okay, I've had enough. Or if he's doing something and he's told my stepson to stop, you know, we just kind of get down on my stepson's level, give him a stern voice, and he usually stops whatever he's doing. Um, if it gets too crazy, you know, I go in and I take his power cords off his TV, I take his power cords off of his PlayStation, and then I take his tablet. And I'm like, you're going to have to earn back each one of these things individually until you can be respectful or you can stop doing whatever you're doing. But I think I've done that maybe two times in five years. Um, Usually we're, he's very good at listening to us. He's very, he knows that we're going to follow through, but hundred percent when it comes to discipline, usually it's me. And then my husband kind of stands in my corner and he's like, yeah, you need to do what she said. You know, that's interesting. Um, that's how most step families feel that it should be, mm-hmm. you know, where the man is kind of letting the woman take over because in a home, that's usually where it comes from. I think the women are yeah. more the disciplinarians than the men a lot of times. 
And Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those things where with me, it was destroying my marriage to do that. Now, granted, you have to remember that you didn't come in, you came into your stepson's life when he was two and a half, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so my kids, stepkids were nine and 10, nine, nine, nine and 10. Mm-hmm. And so they, they were hurting from a divorce. They, um, you know, here I was coming in telling them what to do. It was horrible. It was horrible. The first two years were okay. Yeah. And then year two to three was just horrible. And that's when I realized that I had to quit doing those things. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think in your situation, you were a foundation for that child so young in the beginning that mm-hmm. it's easier for that role to fit you. Yeah. And I mean, I could definitely see that. Um, you know, when my stepmom and I started having issues, the the more she did things towards me that I just thought weren't okay, the more disrespectful I got. And it finally got to a point where I just didn't go over there anymore. Um, you know, I made the the conscious choice and the conscious decision to kind of distance myself, I guess. But in mm-hmm. the process, I kind of distanced myself from my father too. Um, my dad's not very, he's not very proactive. Like he, he avoids confrontation, So even he wasn't an ally for me. He wasn't someone I could kind of talk to and tell him, you know, these are, this is what's happening and this is how it makes me feel. My dad was just kind of like, well, you know, it is kind of is what it is. Mm -hmm. And that always kind of bothered me. Um, I mean, it's easy to get perspective on a situation that you, you're not living in and you don't know, but I, I came from a, very Southern family, you know, when it came to adults, we were going to be respectful. We were going to listen and do what we were told. And if we didn't, there would be consequences. Um, I absolutely, I've known my stepfather all of my life. I cannot stand the man, cannot stand him. I think he is just an awful human being. And I know that sounds so hateful to say, but it wasn't until I was in my teenage years that I started voicing my thoughts towards him and about him Uh up until that time. If he said, do something, I did it. And I did it the way I was supposed to do it because I knew there was going to be consequences. Um, my mother was very, she would discipline accordingly, I guess. And I, I, I guess because my dynamic was so different, I have a hard time with, I guess for me, it would be very hard to live in a situation where I felt like my stepkids didn't like me. And it, I can only imagine, I would feel like it almost feels like your spouse isn't in your corner as well. And, you know, your spouse, unfortunately, is in the situation between his kids and his, you know, significant other. I, I commend you for being able to do it. I don't, I don't know if I'd be able to. And I couldn't imagine having that situation, you know. Well, you know, it, it taught me a lot. It taught me a Mm -hmm. whole lot. And I learned that I couldn't control everything around me, but what I Mm -hmm. could control was how I let it affect me. And that is true. And it was hard. I'm not going to lie to you because I speak my mind. I always have, Mm -hmm. but I had to stop because they weren't my kids. And me telling them something as simple as brush your teeth was just horrible for them. 
you know, who is she to be telling us what to do? She's coming in and made our life miserable, and she's like a dictator wanting us to do chores and, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like you said, my husband was stuck in the middle, and God love him, he didn't know any better what to do than I did to fix the situation. And thankfully, yeah. that's when um, Nacho Kids was born that we didn't know at the time. But it helped us to, for me to step back and the kids to build a relationship with me and form a bond before I started showing them that I cared about them. That makes sense. Yeah. No, it, it completely, it makes, it completely makes sense. You know, um, I, like I said, I couldn't imagine because my situation is so different, but it is, it is. And that's good though. Girl, be glad. <laughs> it sounds like you are glad, but you know, I'm sure that it's not completely easy on your end. You know, like you said, you you have normal kid problems with him, and um, oh, it yeah. still takes the adjustment period for when he comes to your house, and you know things like that. How old did you say you were when you became a stepchild? I was. My dad started dating my stepmom when I was like three, and they got married around when I was four. Okay, so she, you were young uh, too. Yeah, like I think I'd met my stepmom. So my dad lived in Florida. I'd met my stepmom like a total of three times when before they got married. Um, then all of a sudden, you know, I'm flying to Florida and they're getting married and then she was just a permanent fixture in our life. And she has been forever. Uh, and her and my dad divorced probably eight years ago and they're like best friends. Like we still go to her house for Christmas. (laughs) Um, but she was always, you know, even in that, in that situation, she was always the disciplinary in the house. You know, she was the one who, had me pick up and clean up and things like that. So I feel like I kind of emulated, you know, some of my experiences with my stepson, you know, based on how she was with me. Right. Not until she got older. And I hope to not ever feel that resentment. I hope my stepson never feels that resentment that I felt towards her, you know, towards me. Um, I hope as he gets older, we get closer. Yes. And, and I think you will. With my stepkids, I've gotten a lot closer with them. Over time, honestly, they mm-hmm. will tell you that if I would not have nachoed them, then I probably wouldn't have a relationship with them at all because oh, they wow. they really hated me. Um, one of my stepsons actually did a recording with us that we're going to have. And David asked him, said, well, you know, since you've come so far with Lori, how would you feel about her now? What would you classify her as? I guess he said. And he said, as a best friend. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. Yep, it is. It changes, you know, but me harping on them and telling them what to do and try to be a parent to them is not what they needed nor wanted. And it caused problems in my husband's other relationships in his life, even including with his parents, because the kids would fuss about me to them and the um, aunt would fuss about him to me or, or me to him, whatever, you know, everybody's just fussing about Lori. Yeah. And it was it was hard, and I felt like everybody was against me. And then I realized that um, I could change things, and I needed to change my perspective on things. I needed to step back and let David parent like he thought he should. That was his job, not mine. And I fell in love with him, and he was a good parent. So why would I think he wouldn't be just because we got married and he's not doing it the way I think he should? Yeah. And then there's the there's the whole guilty parent syndrome and or guilty dad syndrome. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but um, it's real. It's, 
it's definitely something that's hard to deal with. Where they feel like they are, they're just not there. Yeah, because, yeah, they feel guilty because they don't have their kid all the time. Even if the relationship splitting up was not their fault, they still feel like um, that it was somehow. And they don't want to discipline the kids and be the bad parent because then, like you said, the stepkid won't want to come back over or the kid won't want to come over. They don't want to be the heavy. It's hard to compete with a fun time parent. No, it, it for sure is. You know, my husband, he's, I don't even know how to explain it really, but he's just very, he's very set in his ways. He's very, um, he's a very methodical thinker. And, you know, when we, when we talked about getting married, you know, even before we got married, I was still very, very proactive in my stepson's life. I was very, um, you know, I kind of did for him what I do now. And my stepson has kind of made comments, you know, well, I wish Feather wasn't here and things like that. And my husband, you know, he, we'd had to break it down into like little kid terms, you know, my husband's like, well, if she wasn't here, you know, who would get your drinks, who would feed you, you know, those sort of things. And I think that kind of helped my stepson put things into perspective in his little head. Um, but I think if he had been older, I don't, I don't think it would have been such an easy transition. But it also helps that he has a stepfather at home, too. So it's not like it was a completely new concept to him, either. Right. You know, my stepson, he is very, he's really a really great, great kid. Um, but anything disciplinary-wise or whatever, like my husband and I, we talk everything through. We try to figure out, you know, best case scenario for the situation being whatever, whatever he's done we sit there and talk through it together to come up with the best results mm-hmm. of whatever situation needs to be addressed at that time. Um, so I think that helps a lot, but that took some time too. You know, that took, that took that big blow up last summer where I'm finally like, you know, there's, I can only do so much without you being in my corner. Um, you know, I said, here's what's happening. And you're not treating it as a big deal, but it really is. To you, it seems very little. But he sees that you're not being supportive, that you're kind of just letting him do whatever. And he has no repercussions or no consequences. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of when things kind of but started to kind of change. Because I'd, I'd been kind of reading about Nacho. And I told him, I said, if you want it to be this way, it can be. But I said, it's going to affect us as a family. Um, and it's going to kind of mean you're going to have to like pick up a lot more slack, especially where it comes to your son. And he decided that that wasn't what he wanted to do. You know, he wanted us to function as a traditional family. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, if that's how you want it to be, then you're going to need to sit down and have a conversation with your son. You're going to have to tell him that this is how it's going to be. This is how your home is going to run. And he can either get on board or he's going to stay in trouble. Right. Um and it, for the most part, it's, it's pretty well worked. You know, when I tell my stepson to do something, he gets up and goes and does it. He'll help me. He offers to help. Um, That's very Things important. are usually really, yeah, things are usually really good. He had surgery earlier this year and we actually had him for the full two weeks. He was out for surgery. Um, and I was really stressed out about it because the last time we'd had him for that extended period of time, it was very bad. You know, he and I were at each other's throats. Um, and this last time it was, I mean, it was great. We, 
we had a few issues, but again, they were normal kids stuff. Like, Hey, I thought I told you to pick your clothes up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just very, your, your normal childhood dynamics. And, um, I think since my son, my husband had that conversation with my stepson, I feel like he does view me as a parent now more as instead of viewing me as someone who's just in his dad's life. Right. Um, but had that conversation never happened, I don't think our situation would be as good as it is now. But I do think my stepson being so little, I think that was a big help. You know, had he been the age he is now, I, I don't think the transition would have been as smooth as it was. And I mean, of course, it's not smooth all the time, but it's it's a lot better than most people I've heard about. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, definitely. I've seen a lot. That's all I'm going to say is I've seen a lot. I just I couldn't imagine it it being any other way. But I guess I know everybody has their own ways. They have to function, you know, for the sake of the family. Oh, yeah. And everything's different. And that's one reason that we stress with um, the Nacho Kids method. People really misunderstand it. And a lot of times they think that it's not doing anything for or with the stepkids. Well, that's not the case. You stop doing the things that Mm -hmm. cause you stress. Okay. So if you... If you cooking for the kids is causing you stress because they complain about your cooking, they won't eat, they won't pick up the dishes, then guess what? Their dad can deal with that crap instead of the stepmom dealing with it. Because, you know, the stepmom comes in and she's gung-ho and wants to be more of a motherly figure in the home. And then it ends up overwhelming her and she has stress, you know, stepmom burnout. Yeah. I mean, I can't say that's something I struggle with. You know, I try to parent him um and there's a fine line I feel like for any step parent where you're you're kind of their parent but at the same time you kind of need to be their friend too whereas a parent you know you really don't get the opportunity I feel like to be friends with your child until they're much older in life right Um, if you raise them properly yeah so I feel like there's got to be some kind of like balance to it um my husband hates going to Walmart. Like he, <laughs> he like cannot stand it. And um, well, he tells me he goes and buys the whole store out. And you know, my stepson, he he loves going to Walmart. He likes going around and looking at the toys and asking if he can have certain snacks and things like that. So we've kind of made that like our thing. Like when I go to Walmart, and I mean it's really silly, you know. And it, of course, my stepson's very spoiled because he's the only one we have, but. Um, we'll go to Walmart and he'll be like, Hey, can I get these Pokemon cards? Or, Hey, can I get some candy? Or, Hey, can I get this? You know? And I mean, it's not like five or six things, but it's like one or two. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, sure. You can have that. Right. And I feel like even though it's something so simple, that's kind of helped he and I kind of build our own like friendship of stuff. And, um, your bond. He got a, he, yeah. He's been into Pokemon cards, and I guess they had this big, like, collector's edition box or whatever. And um, he asked me, he's like, so, are you going to Walmart anytime soon? I was like, well, yeah, I have to go grocery shopping. He's like, um, can I go with you? I was like, well, yeah. He goes, never mind. And I was like, what do you mean, never mind? He's like, you're just going to say no. And I was like, what do you mean I'm going to say no? And um, he said, just never mind. And so I finally coaxed it out of him and it was just, he wanted those Pokemon cards. And, um, 
And I was like, yeah, sure, you can go with me. And in that same conversation, I used to go and run and get his dad coffee a lot. Um, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. And usually whenever I went and got his dad coffee, I would bring him back a donut. You know, something super simple mm-hmm. that he probably doesn't get a lot at his mom's. And um, he was like, are you going to go get daddy coffee today? And I was like, no, I'm probably not. You know, I don't think daddy's going to drink any coffee. And he goes, oh. I was like, why? What's up? He goes, nothing. You're just going to tell me no anyways. And he, you know, he kind of progressed in that. And I finally got it out of him. Well, he wanted a donut. And I was like, buddy, if you wanted a donut, all you had to do is ask. Dunkin' Donuts is right up the road. I don't, I don't mind going and getting it for you. You know, you just got to eat like regular breakfast, you know, before the donut, if you don't care, you know, if you don't mind. And he's like, I can do that. And so I feel like he's kind of like, he, he wouldn't go walk up to his dad and be like, Hey dad, can I have a donut? He always comes to me and asks me for those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Cause he knows 90% of the time I'm going to say yes. Yeah. You learn to build your own individual bonds with them. And one of my stepkids, our bond is we pick on each other. Mm-hmm. Another one is we like to talk about money and finances and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's different. You have to find what works for you and that child and enjoy those things. Yeah, you really do. Um, you know, my stepson has a particular kind of shoe he likes. Um, we, we are fortunate. My husband and I financially are, are very fortunate. Um, and so a lot of times, like if I'm shopping or whatever, and I find sales on stuff, I'll pick it up for my stepson. Well, um, he likes a, the Under Armour kids shoes. He says that they fit really well. And he, I think he really just likes it. He doesn't have to tie up the laces. You know, he can just slip them right on. And, um, you know, he and I went shoe shopping and he was super excited. Like he woke up at like seven o'clock in the morning, feather, feather. When are we going to go get shoes? When are we going to go get shoes? I was like, dude, seven in the morning. They're not even open. He's like, well, can we go wait in the parking lot? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. You know, so we, you know, but he, when he gets excited about things, he'll come to me and he'll ask me. And, um, whereas when he was younger, you know, he wouldn't go anywhere with me. I mean, even if I was in the same car there for a little while, you know, in his toddler years, if I was in the car, he'd, he'd pitch a fit because he just wanted it to be him and his dad. And I think a lot of that has to do with that. His dad travels so much. Um, but you know, now as he's getting older, you know, he's kind of making peace with it, but he, he knows which one of us to go to for what sort of things. Right. Um, and it, I like that he's, he's seeing that and he's, he's learning that, um, I'll say, you know, it was harder when he was younger. And I mean, it was nothing I could do was right for him. He, he didn't want anything to do with me. And you can't exactly break it down to a three or four year old, you know, hey, you have to be this kind of way. It just, it doesn't work that way. So the older he's gotten, I'd say the easier it's gotten for us, for sure. Yes. And and that's good that you've been able to bond with him like that. But at the same time, you did have those struggles. And I think the struggles really do make us stronger. I do too. They they definitely do. Yeah. Because, you know, thinking of a two and a half year old you're coming into their life, you wouldn't think that it would be that difficult. You wouldn't think that you would face so much opposition. Mm-hmm. But even at a young age, the kids, they know that you're not the same as their parent. Oh, Yeah. The first night I met my stepson, he crawled into my lap and fell asleep. 
he didn't crawl into my lap again for another three years. And the first night he met me, he crawled into my lap, fell right asleep. That was the last time he did it until he was about five years old. And so it, it threw me for a loop. Um, you know, I thought I, I thought going in, I'm like, okay, this is awesome. This is easy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm great with kids. And then I've probably spent more time sitting and crying in a closet because I felt like he hated me and there was nothing I could do to make it right. Nothing I did seemed good enough for him. And I never wanted him to have that, am have that, that feeling like I had towards my step parents. I never ever want him to put me in that category. And so I feel like I've always overcompensated for that. You know, I've tried to be overly nice. I've tried to more be a friend than a parent, but because of the way the dynamics of our household are, I end up having to be a parent too, which I still struggle with. There there are times where my husband's like, you're being a little too harsh. Yeah, we found that house rules work a lot. Um, You know, the house rules Mm -hmm. and chores and consequences for breaking the rules or not doing your chores, things of that nature work well because you start off with, they have to be agreed upon by both parties. And Mm -hmm. then you go into, he explains them to his son and these are house rules. They're not Heather's rules. They're not my rules. They're house rules. If these get Mm -hmm. broken and I'm not here, then Heather has the authority to you know, enforce these. And that way it takes the target off of the step parent for doing the disciplining. Yeah. But like in your case, it doesn't sound like that that's something you need to do or you need to happen because you've already got a Mm -hmm. bond with him and you don't want to back up when you're already comfortable in a certain place. Well, I'll say, you know, normally if my stepson like starts arguing with me or says he's not going to do something, all it takes is, well, I guess we need to go have a conversation with your dad then, don't we? And it's immediate. No, we're good. We're good. And he does whatever I ask him to do. But it took a lot of arguments and a lot of fighting with my husband to get that way. Um, my stepson wanted to go with me to a Western boot store years and years ago. He was probably three and a half years old. My husband and I weren't even married yet. Um, but he wanted to go with me. He, d- he just wanted to get out of the house, honestly. Well, on the way there, I let him watch Mickey Mouse on my telephone. And when we were in the store, he was great. He was talking. We were doing fine. The moment I checked out, I went to go hand her my card. He took off and ran out the front door. Now, this store is on a busy, busy road. I'm talking like people fly down that road. He took off out the front door. I took off after him, and I got him, picked him up, went in, finished paying back everything, and he's screaming bloody murder. Put me down. Put me down. And I wasn't doing it. He'd already done run off before. I wasn't putting him down. Mm-hmm. And so finally, when I got done checking out and I could actually hold his hand, I put him down and held his hand. Well, then he started hitting me, like smacking my arm, smacking anything he could get a hold of to get me to let go of his hand. So I went to go open the car door. He would not get in the car. So I picked him up. He took his hand and smacked me across my face <sighs> hard off my face. And I looked at him and I said, no Mickey Mouse on the way home. Then he smacked me again, hard. Finally, after struggling with him and getting him in the car, I got him in the car and I was fuming. And 
tears were just rolling down my eyes. Cause I'm like, what did I do wrong? I don't, I, I don't get this. Like, I, I don't understand this at all. And, um, we got home. He'd fallen asleep on the way home. We got home. He was still mad at me when he woke up. He'd taken a nap in the car. It was like a 45 minute drive. He was still mad at me, woke up mad, crying his eyes out, went running to his dad. My husband looks at me and goes, what did you do to my kid? I'm like, what? Why don't you ask me what your kid did to me? (laughs) And I told my husband the situation and he was very biased about it. He was like, why would you even tell me that? Like the first time my kid goes off with you, it comes back crying in tears. Like he was very pro my stepson. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of looked at him and I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? Like he was trying to go run into oncoming traffic. And I was very upset by the way he handled the whole situation. And, um, I guess he called his mom, you know, his, him and his mom are really, really close. I'm close with my mother-in-law too. And he called his mom and he's like, mom, like he went off with her and he came back in complete tears. And she said, well, have you talked to Heather? Did you ask her what happened? He's like, yeah, but my kid came back crying. And she said, but you need to realize what did your kid do? What did he do to deserve that? He, she said, because Heather wouldn't have just taken away the phone just to be mean. She wouldn't have put him in that position unless she felt like she had to. So it took my mother-in-law kind of painting a picture for my husband for him to be like, okay, you know, as much as it sucks, she did do the right thing. And, you know, at that time, he and I kind of had a conversation and I said, I won't take him anywhere by myself if you choose to behave and react the way that you just did. I said, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't put him in timeout. I didn't you know, spank him. I didn't do anything other than say he couldn't watch my phone because he hit me and he ran out of the store. Mm -hmm. And I said, he's old enough now to know what he did was wrong. Right. And I said, then you come in and you coddle him and tell him it's going to be okay. And you're yelling at me. And so that was kind of when I was like, we have to be on the same page where he's concerned. You have to know and realize I'm not just going to be ugly to him without reason. I'm not going to discipline him without reason. I said, but you have to realize he's not going to behave for me the same way he behaves for you. You're his parent. He doesn't see you that often. Right. He's going to be as good as he can be for you. And he's going to be a completely different way with me. And he still is to this day. He's very more attitude-ish towards me than he is his dad. 110%. And I said, if you're going to pick his side every single time without being there and without knowing the whole story or without listening to the whole story and you jump conclusions, I said, then I don't know if I can take him around and do things with him. And I said, I don't want it to be that way. I want to be active in his life. I want him to feel like he can come to me and we can go do things. I said, but you either have to be in my corner or I can't be in his corner. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. And so it kind of took that. And I mean, I'm not saying my husband's great at it every single time, but most of the time since that interaction, he kind of, he realizes that his son is a kid where I'm the adult. And I'm not saying I do everything right a hundred percent of the time, but I'm not going to discipline his son without reason, without just cause. Right. And you know, things have gotten easier. He's gotten older, but I know it's hard um, being a parent. In general, it's hard being a step parent. 
And mm-hmm. I think the most important thing that we can do or the best thing that we can do is try not to rush things. Remember, they are kids. Look at mm-hmm. things from a, a different perspective. Yeah. Well, you know, I because I don't have kids, the only thing I can revert back to is being a stepkid. You know, and I know a lot of the same feelings and thought processes I had are probably the same one that's going through my stepson's mind, too. And so even when my stepson's misbehaving with me, it's because he feels more comfortable with me. Um, My dad worked night shifts, so I stayed with my stepmom during the day. So if I was going to do something bad or that I shouldn't be doing or just normal kid stuff, I did it with her Mm -hmm. more than I would dad because I didn't see my dad that often. And it's funny because I, I now see my stepson, he does the same things. You know, he'll, he'll kind of buck up and give me attitude where he won't give his dad barely any at all. And, you know, my husband and I were talking about that and he said, I love that you two have that dynamic. He said, but at the same time, I wish he felt comfortable enough to kind of be himself around me too. And I said, he does. It's just, I'm. It's different types of bonding. Yeah, like I'm I'm the one who primarily takes care of him when he's at our house. So he does act differently towards me than he does his dad. But I said, you get the hugs and the cuddling and, you know, the sitting down watching a movie together in the recliner. You get that. I don't get that. Very rarely does my stepson come and just sit with me just because. I said, so it's a give and take. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. And you have to embrace the bond that you do have with them, whether they're your bio kids mm-hmm. or your stepkids. Because like you said, he has a different bond with his son than you do, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get into these lightning questions. You ready for the lightning round? Yeah. Okay. What has been the hardest part of blending for you? I would just say figuring out what my role is as a step parent, as a stepmom, and trying to still be a wife at the same time. Yes. It's hard to navigate through the different roles that you're supposed to be. Yeah, I'm supposed to know what to do and how to do it. And he's, and while not having my own children, that's that's been a big struggle. I think. Yes, that's that's true too. It's um, there's benefits and there's drawbacks from not having your own children to understanding the blend or how it affects your blend. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. The next question is: What's been the best advice you ever received about blending? I would say, and I it was actually more recently that I got this advice. But I can't control every situation. I can't expect my husband to react one way and expect my stepson to react another way. Just because I think that's how they should react doesn't mean that's the way they're going to react. Yes. Um, and it, it took me a long time. It took me a little while to kind of break that down and understand it. Um, but I think just accepting both of them and their relationship for what it is and not trying to be in control of that situation. Right. A lot of, um, I think a lot of the struggles that the stepmoms especially have is letting go of control. And because Mm -hmm. it's looked at as a bad thing, but you have to realize that you shift that control. That control may not be on how the stepkid acts towards you. It may not be how your significant other disciplines their child. It may be an issue with the bio mom. You can't control those things. But what you can control is that they don't take more than half a second out of your life because that's what they're worth. Mm -hmm. 
And I, and I don't mean that like that's what the kids are worth. Don't get me wrong. But the issues. No, no, the, I know. Yeah, the issues. Yeah. It, we always talk about um, in the academy, the fives. And one of the fives is, is it going to matter in five minutes, five days, five weeks, five months, five years? And the majority of things are no, no. So mm-hmm. don't stress out about things. Don't let the dishes make you mad for 20 minutes. You know, figure out what you need to do to lower your stress and make the blend the best for everybody. Yeah, one thing I try to keep in the back of my mind is if my stepson seeks me out and asks me to come do something with him, I don't care if I have laundry piled up to my nose or if I have dishes that need to be done. It doesn't matter. The fact is, is he sought me out and he wants my one-on-one undivided attention right then and there. Mm-hmm. And if it's something that I'm doing and it can be done in a matter of minutes, I'll say, let me finish this and then I'll come. But if it's something that's going to take me a little bit of time, I'm like, yeah, let's let's do this for like 30 minutes, you know, and then I'll get back to what I need to get back to. And then we'll go back to playing. <laughs> and that seems to work very, very well. You're better than I am. I'll be like, wait a minute, I'm doing something or I've got to respond to this email. You know, at first I was I wasn't like that, but I feel like he and I had such an up and down start. Um, and it probably wasn't as bad as some people. It's probably a lot of it was just me, you know, getting my feelings hurt. But if he goes and asks for my attention, I try to remember, I used to love paper dolls, the little dolls that come, you know, they were cardboard and you could put the little clips on them and they had all the clothes and stuff. And my stepmom would play with me and she looked at me one day and she said, I don't understand why you just can't entertain yourself. That was the last day her and I ever played together. Wow. And I don't ever want him to feel like that. I don't ever want him to think that everything that's in front of me is more important than him. Because reality is, when it comes to him and his father, those are the two most important people in my life. That is true. So I don't ever want, I don't ever want him to feel like that email or that laundry or that dishes, that they're more important than his and I's relationship. Now, I mean, it's within reason. You know, if he was coming to me every five seconds, I'd be like, dude, you got to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> but no one else, no one else in my life sat down and played paper dolls with me but my stepmom. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was one of my favorite things in the whole world to do. And that one statement, she ruined paper dolls for me forever. I've never touched one since. I went and took them and threw them all away in the trash can oh, that day. That's sad. And I never touched another one ever again. And it is. And, you know, we have to we have to realize children have a very childlike view of the world. So something that minute and that small changed my whole perspective on paper dolls forever. I don't ever want to make my stepson feel like that. It changed your perspective on people, too. It did. Very much so. Well, I want you to go buy you some paper dolls. I want you to go today and (laughs) buy you some paper dolls or go on Amazon and buy those paper dolls and have your stepson help you dress them up. <laughs> I'm sure he'd, he'd probably be like, what are we doing? Like, do I have to do that? <laughs> Tell him you're trying to replace a bad memory with a good memory. I could. That's a good idea. It's a, yeah. It's I don't good. know if he'd go for it, but I'll definitely try. <laughs> if nothing else, you'll remember the fun you had on trying to get convince him to play with the paper dolls with you. That is true. Yes, definitely. That's very true. All right, let's see. What's our next question? If you could travel back in time, knowing what you know now, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself about blending? I would say to 
to go back and have a conversation with my husband beforehand, you know, ask him how the dynamics of our family needed to work instead of me just kind of muddling through it and trying to figure it out. Um, because I feel like if we had a conversation of what his expectations were of me and what my expectations of him as his parent were and what we expected from Bryson as a, or my stepson as a couple, I feel like we wouldn't have had as many struggles as we have. Granted, they're very, you know, they're not like everybody else's, but I feel like if we'd had that conversation, it could have taken out some of the issues we've had. Um, David and I had taken this 100-question course. I may have mentioned this in a podcast already before we got married. And it wasn't like a course, but it was, you know, a questionnaire. And we had one answer that was different. And we're like, oh, yeah, this is great. You know, we're going to squash this. And we researched blended families and did all this work because we knew it wasn't going to be easy. But I'm telling you, nothing compares to reality or nothing can prepare mm-hmm. you for reality. Yeah, it. you ha- You always think it's going to go one way in your head and it doesn't. And then you always try to revert back, like, how could I have prevented that or how could I have fixed that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's see. The last question is, what is one thing you would tell others who are facing the same challenges in the blend that you have? I feel like open communication with your spouse is huge. Um, you you really need to kind of figure out what they expect from you as this parental figure in their child's life and to try to make it mesh as being their spouse as well. Um, I feel like that's a really hard battle more than people realize. So open communication with your spouse is huge and you know unfortunately your spouse has to stay neutral in a situation because if he goes to picking and choosing sides, your stepchildren pick up on that every time across the board, Mm -hmm. every single time. And they're going to use it to their advantage. Um, so it's, it's almost like your spouse has to be Switzerland. Um, and I can't imagine how hard that is. I really can't not having my own children. I can't imagine how hard it is for my husband to stand there and to be upset with both of us because of whatever's going on and he can't pick and choose sides because if he does, then one's going to feel one way over another, you know, um, he can't win. So that, huh? He can't win. No, you can't. Um, so that's why you kind of just, you have to be on the same page with your spouse. You know, it's, it's like any kid situation. Kids are going to find a loophole in everything. They're going to find and see when they can win a situation and when they can't. They're being kids. So as an adult, you have to know when to give in and when to not. And if you and your spouse are on completely separate planets when it comes to their children, it's it's never going to work. Or you have to completely nacho. Um, but your your spouse has to be on board with that because if you end up nachoing and your spouse isn't on board, then you have a whole other set of issues that you have to address. Right. So I just, I feel like communication with your spouse is, is crucial, especially when it comes to having children. Oh, definitely. We talk about that. David and I were talking about that in the Academy, one of the calls the other day, you have to have communication. They're not, Mm -hmm. you're not a mind reader. Your significant other is not a mind reader. Don't wait for things to get so bad before you look for help or try to get, things resolved. And 
you know, one of the things that we try to do is teach people the different personality types. What's the best way for your personality typing, your significant others to communicate and things not to say to them, you know, because of how um, they react based off their personality type. And everybody's so different. And you have to take that into consideration. Yeah, you have to account for everybody's in the household and everybody's personality and figure out how one person's not going to feel like they're not heard or that they're not as important as someone else. Right. People say you should put your kids first or your marriage first. And I don't even like to look at it like that. You shouldn't have different levels. There's differences in love and there's differences that you can care for somebody. And it's not really a competition like who you love the most or who you love second. It's how you love people differently. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I feel like with children, there is going to be some sort of hierarchy in the household. Because if your children think that they, it's almost like an animal. And I know this sounds horrible to be a comparison to, but when you bring a new animal into the house, you know, you have to teach them right from wrong. You have to teach them where to use the restroom, where not to. And you have to show them that. Your, I'm so, that you. I'm sorry, I have to laugh know, at that I'm, because I, having four boys, five boys, five boys, there is no teaching them where to use the restroom. There's none. <laughs> um, you know, I just feel like you and your spouse have to be a unit, and you have to decide what is best for you and your family together. Because at the end of the day, your children are going to look at you and they're going to emulate you. They are, you are who they're looking up towards. You're the ones that they're looking to for healthy relationships, healthy lifestyles, healthy skills that you need to have in day-to-day life. Um, So if you and your partner are not strong and you guys are wavering, the kids are going to pick up on that every single time. And yeah, they're manipulative little things. Yeah, I don't think it's it's putting one before the other, but like for instance in our household, you know, my stepson recently, he'll go and ask his dad something his dad will say no, and then he'll come and ask me and I don't know his dad has said no and I'm like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." And then he comes in and my stepson's doing exactly what he was told he couldn't do. He's like, "Why are you doing that?" And my stepson looks at him and smiles and goes, "Feather said I could." And my husband's like, "You asked her?" After you asked me, why would you even think that was okay? And I look at him I'm like, I had no idea you, you said no. I'm, I'm so sorry. And he's like, I'm not upset with you. You honestly didn't know that he and I had had a previous conversation. So, and I've had to do the same thing to my stepson where I've said no and he's gone and asked his dad and his dad said yes. So I feel like the you and your spouse kind of have to be on the same page when it comes to children. And even when you are on the same page, they still find ways to get one over on you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they they look at us. They have to look up to their parental figures. And so I see a lot of times where, you know, you can tell children that just kind of they run the house and everybody is supposed to adapt accordingly. And I just I don't think I personally would be able to deal with that kind of chaos. No, me either. Um. A lot of people think by my nachoing that I just didn't care and let things run crazy. And that's not the case. You know, David didn't let things Mm -hmm. um, run crazy. Now, granted, he's not as, you know, take that outside. You're 
playing too rough in the house kind of person. It's more of move the couch, mm-hmm. let's go. And let's <laughs> you jump in and fight with them. Yeah. But you have to set those boundaries and they have to be realistic and they have to be okay with everybody. They do. And I mean, you have to know you, I guess even like in a marriage, you have to know when to pick your battles with your, with your stepchild and when not to, you have to know what is worth this fight. What is worth me telling them yes or no. Um, for instance, my steps and I'm, I'm really big on you pick your room up, you make your bed, you put your dirty clothes in the bathroom. Those are kind of my three big ones. Well, my stepson, he left Sunday. We went to go take him home. My husband's like, hey, did he clean his room? And I was like, yeah, but he didn't make his bed. And he was like, but his room was clean. I was like, yeah, I decided not to even bring his bed up, you know, because, I mean, he went in, he picked his room up and put his his dirty clothes in his bathroom without me having to remind him. Mm-hmm. So if he did two out of the three and I didn't have to tell him and I have to spend an extra two minutes making his bed, I feel like I'm succeeding. I feel like I'm doing something right because some of it at least is sticking in his head. So instead of getting angry because he didn't do one of them, I took solace in the fact that he at least did two of them. You right. know, we'll work towards the third. We'll make it a habit. Um, but the fact that I didn't have to say anything to him, it made it a big deal to me. And, you know, my husband was very much on the same on the same thing with me. You know, and he even told me, he's like, thanks for not getting on him for not making his bed. And I was like, you know, you just got to pick and choose your battles. This was the first time that I haven't had to tell him to do all three. He did two out of the three and I decided to let it go. He's like, well, I think you made the right call. Um, my husband heard that. My stepson heard that whole conversation. You know, he was there when we talked about it. Mm-hmm. And he piped up. He said, I'm so sorry I didn't make my bed. And I said, it's okay, buddy. You did good. You did amazing. Just try to remember next time. Right, right. You're doing good. You're doing really good. I'm glad that you have that type of blend that you can be more active in your stepkid's life. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's hard not to be, it's really hard not to be. You have to make a constant um, effort and pay really close attention to your involvement when you're trying to mm-hmm. not be involved with I mean, you know, doing the nacho thing and then letting the dad handle it. Yeah. I can only imagine. Cause I'm so, I have this huge control thing and I just, I, I personally feel like I'd have a hard time nachoing, but if I had more than one stepchild, I can, I could see it possibly having to go that way with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, and you know, it wasn't like they were cussing at me or anything like that, but if they came in and I said, Hey, how are you? Hey, or something like that. And they ignored me, it hurt my feelings. So or if they responded poorly, then it made me mad. I chose to not show it, not let that be a problem. Yeah. So I didn't um, have that issue. There were things that I knew were triggers for me, and I didn't put myself in those situations to where I would get aggravated or feel like I needed to parent mm-hmm. them. Well, my stepson's really bad about like when you speak to him, he won't speak back to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just kind of, I was like, well, I think it's rude and disrespectful, but I don't want to be harping on him all the time. Well, his mom actually approached me and she said, is he doing that to you too? And I said, yeah, he does it quite often in her house. She said, make him stop. She said, if someone speaks to him, he is to speak back, whether it's a short answer or not, he is not to ignore any adult in his life. So something I chose not to make a big deal out of, because I just, you know, felt like 
maybe he thought he was too busy or he just, you know, he's probably not even doing it to be rude. He's probably just doing it just cause, you know, whatever. His mom kind of reached out to me and she said, I really need your help working on this behavior with him. Mm-hmm. And she said, it's not going to work unless we work together. Um, that is great. So, yeah, we're we're very, very fortunate. Um, we don't have any crazy nonsense that goes on. Now, granted, we still have some things that we don't particularly care for. But, you know, at the end of the day, major issues and habits that he has had we all try to address together because at the end of the day, we are four adults trying to raise one child together and it's not going to work well unless we are all together on it. Um, and it's only going to be better for him in the long run. Yeah. He's only going to see that he has the supportive set of parents and it's only going to help him grow as a person and an individual. You know, I'll look at it like this. The more people that can love your kid, the better off they are. Yeah. And you love you love this kid. And I do believe mm-hmm. that he is blessed to have you in his life to help create that structure. I think some days he rescued me. You know, he's even on my worst days, I think of something cute or funny he did. And it it changes my whole perspective and my whole mood. Mm-hmm. Um, he might not ever be biologically mine. We might not sit on cuddle on the couch together. but we have our moments and I take those and I'll treasure them forever. Um, we're actually going to be taking him hopefully to Disney this summer. And I'm so excited to go and get to share with him one of my most favorite places in the world. Um, my husband's never been either, but I'm more excited to go and experience that with my stepson. Um, just because it was something that I held very near and dear to me as I was growing up. Right. That's awesome. That's really good. I'm so thankful that I've got the relationship I do with the stepkids um, because we do share a lot of things and we have a lot of fun together. And it's important. It's very important. You have Mm -hmm. to have fun and you have to laugh and create good memories and do the best you can with every day that you have. Yeah, that's all you can do. Yep. Just one day at a time. That's it. Well, thank you very much, Heather, for being a guest on our podcast. We really appreciate it. And I'm sure that our listeners We'll enjoy hearing a different side of things. Yeah, you're very welcome. I appreciate you guys having me. No problem. And we wish you the best. And hopefully we will talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you. I like how Heather brings up the concerns of her having an hours kid. Mm -hmm. I think that if we would have had an hours kid, my son would have felt slighted. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't. Me too. Yeah, don't be so happy about it. (laughs) I had no. You better be easy with these words because it can hurt my little heart. I had no. You, David, there's, you, David, please. You know I'm sensitive today. I had no. No, David, no, no, no. <laughs> so um, let's talk about. I no say so in this. <laughs> <laughs> That's better. Let's not even go there because it'll make me sad because I would have liked to have had a baby with you. Well, you should have found me sooner. Well, your wife should have cheated faster. She did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you should have stayed with her the first time. Oh, I know. (laughs) Well, Heather is a very involved stepmom, as we discussed. Mm -hmm. Nacho wings not for everybody. We say that over and over. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Some people don't need to nacho. Some people don't have to nacho. And usually the ones that nacho didn't want to nacho in the first place. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a silver bullet. 
we tell everybody that you know it, it works for it works for the people it needs to work for, and it can work. when done properly. And it can work for everybody to some degree because even the people that's like I don't agree with Nacho, and then they turn around and start doing things that are part of the are, Nacho are process. Part of that, and it's like you have you don't even oh whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that that's a whole another thing. <laughs> yeah, you and I need to do a podcast, David. We haven't done but one. Oh, just you and I. Just you and I. Oh Lord, yeah, we do need to do one. We will someday. Well, we need to. Let's work on that. Okay. Add it to the list. You add it to your list, and I'll be there. Okay. We're I'll too put... busy creating content inside the academy, just you and I. So. Just you and I. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Heather does mention the relationship with stepkids change over time. Of course. And that's what people don't realize. They're starting off good. Little Susie's the cutest little thing ever. You know, she's three years old. She even wants to call you mama. (laughs) And, you know, life couldn't be better. Then all of a sudden, little Susie turns into the seven-year-old gremlin. And she just wants to be a little brat. And, yes, you can say brat. Don't call the kids a brat. Go into the Facebook group and call your kids a brat. (laughs) But that's a whole other story because you can call your own kid a brat and nobody really balks at it, but you call your stepkid a brat. Holy moly. <laughs> whole different world. So just because you're in happy land now with the rainbows and unicorns, don't think it's always going to be that way. Mm-hmm. So don't be so quick to judge us nacho mamas <laughs> because one day you too may become a nacho mama. Yeah, this is true. Mm-hmm. Very important to realize it's that whole glass houses don't throw rocks thing. What, did I say that I'm wrong, too? No. Just funny. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is our show for today, folks. So, hope you join us next week for another Nacho Moment. Wait a minute, David. I think this is the shortest ending that we've ever had to a podcast. Well, don't knock it. Till you try it. <laughs> God. <laughs> Are we going to nacho this? I'm nachoing you. Bye. I'm still here. David left. I'm going to make this a long one. Can't go five minutes on the outro, intro, etro, whatever they're called. Yeah. David. You hear me, David? <laughs> I'm going to make this 10 more minutes of this Lori. Sweet little old Lori. That's right. Not your mama is here to stay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.